Okay, so I got my coffee ready. Have you have you picked a Beverino for the cast? Oh, good on you, the Nort. Yeah. Man, Nort has got to be the fucking show sponsor. <laughs> we're reaching out. It's true. We're reaching out to, we're reaching out to you Nort alcohol-free beer. I love that psychosomatic taste. So, I like to set myself a little challenges. And one of them was I went shopping recently and over here shopping during COVID is, oh, it's just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You have to have a, you have to have a shopping trolley with you. You have to wear a mask and everybody's uptight. You're sort of bumping into people. Everybody's stressed because the trolleys are in the way. So you can't freely move. Mm. I don't particularly enjoy supermarket shopping in Germany anyway. It's, it's quite different to supermarket shopping in Australia. It's just a bit more of a high, <laughs> it's a bit more of a, of a, uh, tense mm, environment interesting. normally and then you add you add to that covid and it's just no fun yeah so i didn't really want to go to the supermarket very much so what i've been trying to do is work out a system of buying as much food as i can that will keep for as long as it will yeah so i've sort of become my own doomsday prepper <laughs> to avoid going to the supermarket as much as i can mm. and i've managed the first time i did it i was i'm just learning every time so the first time I did it, I maybe lasted a week yeah. and then I, I was like, oh, I've run out of food. And then the second time around, I got closer to two weeks. Then I got to two weeks and I'm, I'm right now, I think close to 20 days without having visited a supermarket nice. and I have not purchased food from a restaurant or a takeaway. I've consumed oh. only food that was in my freezer my fridge or my pantry and i'm loving this challenge yeah i'm also a total tight i'm also as everyone, as friends of mine when i'm a total tight ass so you're getting I've a also real kick loved, i'm getting a real kick out of not giving in what's to what's your go-to uh non-perishable I eat, food i eat the same thing virtually every day right i eat oatmeal for breakfast yep and then I have a ton of yellow lentils and I'm just eating a yellow lentil dal mm. with almond meal pancake and I'm having some canned chickpeas and some red kidney beans. It's all vegetarian. Yeah. And I also have, a, I have a vegan protein powder shake and I am absolutely loving this. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make you think you might have an, you might have a fondness for actual Doomsday prepping. I mean, I think you. I think I could see you having a soft spot for it. If somebody said, "Here's a bunker, and I want you to just fit it out for the perfect yeah apocalypse scenario," I think you'd be good at that. I would be. I'd be uniquely <laughs> bad. Don't put, don't put John in charge of your survival bunker. <laughs> They'd be like, it's just a fucking half-eaten packet of Maltesers in here. <laughs> <laughs> What I enjoy is I enjoy, I feel like as a child yeah. and even as an adult, and even still now, we are all products of the culture that we were born into, the influences and the messages that we were given. Yeah. And I think the older that I've got, the more I've started to question if I need 
So I guess I am I'm I'm interested in minimalism. Yeah. And so I like questioning now what I actually need yeah. in my life. Yeah. And so whereas I just would never have thought back in the day, oh no, of course you just buy new clothes every week or you just have takeaway every day. Yeah. I do less of that now and I like yeah. I like seeing if I can remove things from my life. Yep. And then seeing if my life is the same or yeah, or uh, worse. So much you can remove, I think, without um, any real drop in your satisfaction. <clears throat> I've I've removed everything except Dahl. <laughs> <laughs> my housemate, That's good housemate, said, "What's that on your feet, Alex?" And I said, "They're just my Dahl shoes." <laughs> Why, that's just this doll hat that I've fashioned. <laughs> I'm off to have my doll bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sending a few emails on a computer that I've crafted out of yellow lentils. Out of doll. It's like Gilligan's Island out of doll. Why? It's like Indian Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Why send emails when you could receive a dialgram? <laughs> just type. Let me just let me just start this email. Dal 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 Shout out to my friend Marky, who's a big fan of the cast, because I she's vegetarian and has for long stints been vegan. And I was a bit afraid of cutting out as much meat as I've cut out. And she said, "What I should do is do my little experimentation with going pretty hard vegetarian, and then go and have a blood test." And they'll tell me mm. what I'm missing. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be dull that they'll say I'm missing from <laughs> from my diet. They'll say your blood appears to be uh, viscous yellow sludge. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the upside, you're delicious, but <laughs> your organs are shutting down. <laughs> So, John, what's on your radar this week? Well, today is a momentous day in our home state because they are exhuming the body of the Somerton man to do DNA tests. So the Somerton man, you should go and investigate it for yourself because it is a truly fascinating story which has all of the elements of a good mystery. And I love mysteries and the unexplained as we've alluded to in previous shows yeah so i'm hooked on this story but here are the main points in about i think 1948 so soon after the second world war a man was found dead on Somerton beach he appeared to have been poisoned witnesses reported seeing somebody who seemed to fit his description sitting on the beach the night before possibly being carried by another man then sometime later, there was nothing to identify him. Sometime later, he was linked to belongings which were found in a locker in Adelaide train station. They, they included codes written in notebooks. They included goods that at that time you couldn't purchase in Australia, which suggested he might have been from Europe. Uh, they included basically stuff that suggested he was trying to conceal his identity. So there were like name tags, cut off um, 
possessions. There was labels cut off clothing, that sort of stuff. So people started to speculate because of those details and because of the time, it being soon after the Second World War, when a lot of spies actually were present in Australia, that this guy was maybe a spy who'd been killed. Then they found in his jacket pocket a very small piece of paper with the words Tamam Should, which I think means finished. It's from a famous poem, The Rubaiyat by Omar Khayyam. And a copy of that book with those words torn out at the final page was found tossed into a car nearby. And in one of the notebooks, a number, a phone number was found. The person whose phone number it was was a woman who seemed to police to be suspicious but denied knowing who he was. Her children later revealed that she spoke Russian, had an interest in communism, was a ballet dancer, I think, and there was physiological signs that the Somerton man had also been a dancer. And she refused to uh, she refused to talk to her kids or grandkids. And then more recently, so ever since then people have been fascinated by this guy. Eventually he's buried in a in a grave that just is a is dedicated to the unknown man. And there's a obviously as as always happens with these things, there's a kind of gaggle of devotees, researchers and people who are obsessed with this, including one guy who investigated this woman's granddaughter, the woman I was just talking about, who she believed he believed to be the Somerton man's biological granddaughter. And uh and then they fell in love. So they're now married ah. in a weird twist. Wow. Anyway, they've never been able to get a good DNA sample from anything of his, and so they've been urging the government to exhume the body. And now that there's been an international pandemic and the government's run out of money, they decided, fuck it, we may as well <laughs> dig up the Summoned Man's body. What's a bit more taxpayers' money? We're bound to get a few podcast ears on this, which will... Which will drive tourism to the state That's right. once the economy once once travel picks up again. Summerton Man tourism. Yeah, if I was in Adelaide, I would one hundred percent go and see the exhumation, and then I'd probably lobby for him to be taxidermied and replaced at Summerton Beach on the bench <laughs> where he was found. <laughs> Put in a glass case like Lennon. And just... <laughs> But yeah, it is. Everybody can walk past. <laughs> Pay their respect. It is um, one of the more interesting things that's probably ever happened in South Australia. When I was last in Adelaide, some friends of mine, of ours, got engaged, Brett and Peter. And uh, I went to the bookstore at Central Market and I got a copy of the Rubaiyat. Oh. And I put no way. I put a code in there that said, "Congratulations, Brad and Peter, love John." If you like, I just underlined the letters. So if you read through, it spelled that out. And then I sh- then they were they were away, and then I sh- like shoved it in their fly screen door. So Brett just like Brett's who's mad Summerton man uh, <laughs> fanatic. She uh, she found the book when she got home and freaked out, and then read my. Read my inscription. That's fantastic. 
So get this. So I started loving music around 1990. Yeah. That was, I was, um, I would have been seven or eight years old in 1990. Uh-huh. And I, I know... I know that a lot of my favorite songs came from 1990. I remember it just being a bumper year. Mm. So get this. You are going to lose your mind. 1990. One, one single year. Here we go. These songs were either released in 1990 or perhaps 89 and started to chart in 1990. Okay. Here we go. Fool's Gold, Stone Roses, Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice, Infinity, Guru Josh, Mm. Buster Move, Young MC, Can't Touch This, MC Hammer, Groove is in the Heart, D-Light, Wanna Be Close to You, Maxi Priest, Vogue, Madonna, It Must Have Been Love, Rock Set, Love Shack, B-52, Black Velvet, Alana Miles, Um, Ride on Time, Black Box, Blaze of Glory, Bon Jovi, wow. Pump Up the Jam, wow. Technotronic, Blue Sky Mine, Midnight Oil. I, I've, I'm only halfway through. Wow. That's genuinely, Check this. that's genuinely astounding. Belinda Carlisle, Summer Rain, Michael Bolton, How Can We Be Lovers, In Excess, Suicide Blonde, Elton John, uh, Sacrifice, Snap, Oops Upside Your Head. I said, Oops Upside Your Head. Kylie Minogue, Better the Devil You Know. Uh, King of Wishful Thinking, Go oh. West, Snap, I've Got the Power, Rome, B-52s, uh, that be good to me, Beats International, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim, Tom's Diner, DNA, The Lars, There She Goes, There She Goes, and of course, my favourite and a very special hometown song for me here in Berlin Scorpions, Winds of Change. Oh, wow. <laughs> what was in the water in 1990? <laughs> it's true. Absolutely what? astounding. That's, that is mental. They are all songs virtually that is, that is still part of the cultural fabric, they're still getting bumped on radio every day all over the world. Yeah. What was it? Was it that collapse of the Soviet Union Mm. that everybody said? Some good energy. Let's express this new, there's a new decade, a new hope. There's not, we're not going to get the Cold Wars come to an end. It's time to express ourselves in the best music there ever was. 1990, the best year in music there ever was. One of the many thousands of things that gives me the shits every day is when I see a grown man dressed in a suit (laughs) eating a snack that a child should be eating. And (laughs) so give me an example. Well, sometimes I'll go out, you know, for my morning. (laughs) Do you mean like do you mean like baby food? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or breast milk. The other day. (laughs) The other day, <laughs> I walked out and this guy was just chugging some baby formula and eating applesauce. Um, uh, <laughs> being nursed <laughs> by his mother. But like she'd put a little, she'd put a, she'd put a little privacy tea towel over his head <laughs> so that nobody could see. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I said, I said, you don't have to do that. It's 2021. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I said, I said, mate, that's fine. Whatever you want to do. That's, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, no, mama, it's mostly. Mama. <laughs> it's mostly. He was, he was a barrister from your chambers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so give me an example of a, of a child snack. I mean, let's say you're walking along and you see somebody wearing a suit and they're about 40-ish and they're, I don't know, eating a lollipop or, <laughs> or, or they're eating like a little snack pack thing, like, you know, something where you have to sort of peel the plastic back and you've got a little Dip something. thing for your cheese. Yeah. And I just think like, fucking hell, like something that, something that has Buzz Lightyear on it. Yeah, exactly. And I just think, I don't know, to me, it just expresses this kind of pathetic arrested development that they, <laughs> that they still, it's like, you're, this isn't your fucking recess, mate. You're growing up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's got dried apricots, a la snack, <laughs> fruit roll and a coloring book. <laughs> fruit roll-ups. He said, what? It's real fruit flat out, okay? Um, <laughs> and I said, I said, people aren't going to trust you with their million-dollar legal disputes. <laughs> I, uh, I remember being in, uh, in an arcade once, and uh, there were two, like, really heavy-looking dudes like uh look they look like they were involved in organized crime and they were both just drinking tiny little strawberry milk <laughs> wow that's great do you have any foods yeah. like that that you that are just kind of like embarrassing shame foods. embarrassing shame foods for me it's a ham and cheese croissant if ever i have a if ever i'm feeling a bit overwhelmed uh oh, or i have that's an excellent Excellent food. Yeah. I have what feels like an insurmountable challenge ahead of me. I just will stop off somewhere and eat a ham and cheese croissant. Uh, and that comes from my childhood, I think. Because whenever bad things happened when I was a kid, my mum would take me to get a ham and cheese croissant. So now I have- Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Where where from? Uh, I can't remember, but I, th- I, don't, I think various places, but I just remember- The local the- hammery? Yeah. <laughs> the local- The local- uh, Croissantery. Um, I like the idea that you could use the croissant in a much more high stress in, environment. Yeah. Now high pressure, much more high pressure situation in twenty where you've got some upcoming trial. Yeah. And, you know, I've done that. Somebody's going to be somebody's going to be put away for life, and you're just <laughs> having an absolute panic attack. And you I'm can't just, breathe. I'm just you've like, got a little. Your pill in the pocket solution is a little ham and cheese croissant <laughs> that's just. Hidden always yeah. in your satchel, it go, covered in our foil. I've just, uh, my client's just perjured himself and I'm just sitting there. It's <laughs> got half a dozen ham and cheese croissants in my suitcase. <laughs> you have like a, you have a kind of insulin delivery system, but it's got ham and cheese croissant flavors in it. That you can just quickly just, just prick into your arm and give yourself essence of ham and cheese croissant. <laughs> Calm your nerves. <laughs> <gasps> oh, that's the stuff. I know a lot of people tune in to Don't Praise the Machine because we have often conversational 
recommend tips and tricks. Tips yeah. and tricks that you can use when you're in a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and you feel like you've hit a bit of a dead wall. You feel like you've hit a bit of a dead wall. Feel like you've hit a bit of a dead wall. And you want to continue <laughs> the conversation. Max headroom flourish. Yeah. <laughs> you want to continue the conversation. And so ask open-ended questions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which means you ask a question that doesn't have a yes or no answer. And so I'm going to, I came up with one. I'm going to test it on John now. So I'm imagining I'm at a party with John and I'm really enjoying talking to John and I want to connect with him. I'll ask an open-ended question. So I'd say, John, if you had to say one thing, what would it be? (laughs) Wow. That's extremely (laughs) open-ended. That's, that's the best tip you've ever given. If you had to say, <laughs> so try that. If you had a party, if you had to say, uh, <laughs> next time you're at a party or on a date, just like, see how that goes. Just no, no frame of reference whatsoever. I think that's going to help a lot of people out there that are maybe a little bit socially awkward. You're going to make so many new friends with that. <laughs> I'm going to test that in the wild and get back to you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's Don't Praise the Machine with Alexander Holland, myself, and my co-pilot, John Maloney. Thanks, everyone. Number one guy in the show. Anybody as well who listened to last week's episode... I put four things in the show notes from last week, if anyone wants to jump in there, including the video of the Tom Arnold Mimo, mm. the video of our Ninja Turtles parody, the video of the Mr. Bankrupt commercial, and I think I chucked one more other thing in there as well that I can't remember. But yeah, show notes are becoming a thing if you, wanna, if you want some, uh, Thanks, some links. A lot of people have been giving some good... Uh, giving us some good potential show note material too. After a recent oh, cool. episode, I received an article on the on the origin of the phrase uh, of the Bill Paxton phrases: "Stand up and beg for buttermilk and ass like a ten." No old way. Boy. Yeah. Um, no way. Both of which he says he got from his dad, which is disconcerting. Um, wow. So he improvised those into the movie, which is why they they don't really gel with the otherwise fairly fam- family-friendly content. And uh, wow. and another article where Cisco explains what he means by dumps like a truck. Um, <laughs> so uh, I want to thank <clears throat> Thanks, John and Tim. Those are the two people I wanted to thank. We also got a lovely email, our first email f- uh, from a listener from our friend Alex who we went to school with. Yeah. She must have found the email address because it's only in the show description. For those who maybe want to shoot us an email, get in touch. Uh, um, it's don'tpraise at aol.com. So shout out to Alex for being our first email. This is nice. This is nice. This feels like our first kind of audience touch. True. Direct audience engagement. Have you got anyone else you want to? I'll say hi to my mother. Marie, shout out to Marie. Yeah, I was going to do Marie as well. Um, hi, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I better say hi to my father as well. I better say, I'll, I'll get in trouble if I don't say hi to everybody in my immediate family. So here we go. If, if I remember correctly, it's Marie, Stephen, Ned, Isabel. That's all. Do you want to, do you want to give a shout out to your immediate family? Dargle, Tonk. Dargle. <laughs> uh, Peter and Celia. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I'm going to get emotional. This is very sincere. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thanks, everybody. And Alfie Balfie saying goodbye. And Johnny as well. We'll Bye. speak to you next week. Bye.